Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay. Blog Talk Radio.
Francie, didn't we? Francie. I was on mute again. I was on mute again. I was on mute. I was going to say, hey, everyone, welcome to a special episode here on Francie and Friends. I do believe that we have Mr. Joe. Yo, Joe. On the air. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I know yes. we got uh, Donna Valet. I came up with that off the spur of the moment. Donna Valet. There you go. That works. Okay. Okay. Something works. And I bet we got uh, 714. I bet that this is Brett. Is it? Is it Brett? I believe we really got me? Brett, too. <laughs> or is it Memorax? Oh, whoops, never mind. Brett, Memorax. Uh, I'm, I'm the guy sitting in the chair with his hair being blown back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for the reference. Oh, uh, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, everyone, welcome to the show. Um... We are expecting a couple other callers. We will uh, hopefully get to them. Um, there's one special caller I'm hoping to get to. I'm not going to say the name just in case they're not able to call in. And I don't want, you know, to make any promises. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, not this Sunday night, but next Sunday night, we've got a special guest. Do you know who it might be, Joe? Don't... Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I do. do. And Brett should know. Oh, well, never mind. Well, you then maybe know. we should let him guess. Come on, guess. Who is our buddy here on Francie and Friends? Who is, like, our best friend here on Francie and Friends? Who, like, calls up with these extraordinary people like, hey, uh, by the way, there's somebody I want you to talk to. Who would that be? It is David Madison. The writer and creator of Mr. Hush, and he's coming out with Mr. Hush 2. Awesome. David Madison. Yay! We love David. He confirmed it. He lost it. He can't get out of it. We we conned him into doing this. Did I say condom? Yeah, Francie, what did you have to do to get David Madison? I mean, come on. I mean, well, there's a lot of begging. Like, David, please come back. He's like, well, you know, I'm a very busy man. Um, I said, I promise I will not drink when you come on the show. And he was like, no, I kind of want you to drink when you when I come on the show. So, yeah, there's a lot of... <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, please do get... No, I'm kidding. That's not David. He's such a sweet guy. We love David Madison. And he is returning... 
Yeah. Hopefully, after hearing all this dialogue, he'll say, okay, um, maybe. Maybe I'll cancel. Listen, listen. As a radio host, I can tell you the worst thing is a cancellation. But it's not too bad if you get it ahead of time. The worst thing yeah. is having a cancellation while you're waiting for your guest to call in five minutes before the show. That's and even if you would don't get a cancellation be... notice, it, it, it don't show up. Oh my gosh, would that be like Rowdy Roddy Piper? Hmm. Oh my god, how many shows do we do? <laughs> how many Roddy Piper shows do we do? It was awesome and though. Three. The shows ended up going oh okay. My god. They were some of the greatest shows that and... you've done. Uh, yeah, Roddy. everybody was telling you words of like, um, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper's not going to want to show. I was like, no, that Rick Assman didn't use his real name. Rick Assman an said ass that he was going to be on the show. And they're like, no, you can play. Like, there it is. Don't use his real name. Nobody uses his real name. All right. So, here we go. Here we go. David Bowie, OMG. How much of a surprise was that for everybody? It was it was a shock. I I had to look it up because I thought it was a hoax. Yeah, yeah, because you always get, like, Mr. Bean died. And remember we did a little spoof show. It's like yeah. Mr. Bean was the latest yeah. internet death. And Betty yeah. White died peacefully in her hair in her mansion. And it turned out she just dyed her hair. And then you're getting died of cancer. And you're like, no. Everyone died. Uh, at some point in time, but not now. No. No, yeah. he, he was uh, still young, you know? Yeah. No, 69. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. 69. Yeah. It, it, it was a shock, to, I believe, to all of us, really, because this is a scary thing. My uh, next-door neighbor and I were talking about this the other day, about how morbid is that. It's like, you release a brand new CD, and it comes out a couple of days before your death. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, he and, he and, he was diagnosed 18 months ago. That was pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. And and what he wanted to do was to get this album out before he for died. His fans. He wanted this out. And he wanted to do know, it for his fans. He's Exactly, and cancer is, well, let's face it, it's not an easy death. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, okay, I got cancer, I'm going to fall asleep in my in my sleep. No, it is a very painful death, and yes, he is. suffered all that. I mean, he was like, okay, I got cancer, I'm going to die in 18 months. I've got to release my last album as a gift to the world. And that's what he called it. And in fact, I think it's really cool that if you go on YouTube, you can listen to the whole album. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. not yeah. 
asking for money. It's it's released on YouTube. Like here's yep. the album. You know? Oh, we got a caller. We got a caller. I Okay. Uh, oh, okay. uh, 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 caller, caller, incoming caller. Uh, uh. What do we got? Uh, what do we got? Uh, 704, I believe this might be John Link. <laughs> can you hear me? Uh, yes, yeah. we can hear you. I'm sorry, I'm not John Link. I'm actually uh, Fabian Starr. <laughs> ah, oh, welcome, Fabian. I got to notice that you guys were having a show, and I don't know, I'm just kind of like going through my own personal grief, like with everybody on the planet right now, and I thought, you know what, I want to listen to some people share, and that's how we heal. Yeah, it is. Exactly. And we're not here to, like, um, you can stay with us. You can stay with Fabian, right? Yeah. 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 Stay with us the whole show, and please uh, cut in whenever you want to. We're not here yeah. to, like, um, say goodbye to David Bowie. We're not here to say goodbye. We're here to celebrate his life. That's right. That's right. He has so many people in his career. I mean... I, I was listening to a show on uh, Sirius uh, Radio earlier today. And they brought up a very interesting uh, topic. They said, did David Bowie affect mostly uh, Caucasian people? Was his reach just with Caucasian? And I'd like to say no, because I'm Hispanic. And there are people in Japan. There are people in France. There are people around the world that he touched. It's a global energy. He was a global force. You know what, Mr. Fabian, that's, uh, that's an interesting point you bring up. I mean, you know, none of us ever look at, you know, any kind of uh, racial aspects of, of, of something. But it's, it is a good thing you bring up is how many people that uh, David Bowie touched with his music and the things that he had done. And it, it spans all races and, and all countries and all languages. One of the biggest things that, you know, David Bowie has always done, and we've always recognized it even way before us, that's with the, the how prolific he was in the genres that he explored, uh, yes. the type of music that 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 he wrote and and sang and performed. Uh, he, there was nothing that was untouchable to him as far as experimenting. Um, I, I think the greatest legacy that David Bowie could leave was one that anybody of artistic nature that wants to reach out to other people can do so in, in many different ways. And in, in, in music, uh, you know, he, 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 he personified so many different genres in his lifetime. There was nothing that he wasn't afraid to do. And that's a, a good testament to how we all should, you know, just look at our lives. Is there anything that we're afraid to do? It shouldn't be. That's right. And it's inspirational, you know. I'm sure a lot of us here are artists in our own rights, and we were all touched by his genius. Maybe that shows up in our artwork. I'm I'm not very familiar with uh, who here is an artist or not, but I'm curious to know who here actually has been inspired as an artist to. Uh, I would follow. Him. I would say I would say all of us and all of us. We're all artists in our own rights, and we all have been influenced. Cool. 
No, good. And What? Don or Francie? What? Yeah. I heard. I'm here. I don't. I yeah, thought I heard you guys hear me? Yes, yeah, we hear you. Okay, okay. I was going to say, uh, like, for instance, we had G. Tom Mack, who has been on our show. Um, he did um, the Lost Boys theme song, Cry Little Sister, yeah. and he apparently was friends with David Bowie. And he mentioned that uh, David Bowie did inspire him to create music. And if you listen to G. Tom Mack's music, and if you listen to David Bowie, you can hear the similarities in that. Yeah. And that's kind of cool, because he is what is called the number one most inspirational artist of all time. I mean, when Michael Jackson died, I mean, when Michael Jackson died, that was a tragedy. Everybody loved yeah. Michael Jackson. But nobody yeah. in the beauty. Like they were no again, unlike David Bowie, which was so awesome that they're playing like him and they're seeing Space Man on the streets. And I... I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm the biggest David Bowie fan. I know of him. I know um, I know of his music. If I was to hear him, I would say, yeah, that's David Bowie to me. The most that I can say that I've heard of David Bowie, and you guys are probably going to scream me up by a tree. That's okay. I'm used to it. Uh, Bing Crosby and uh, David Bowie getting together, which I do want to play that clip. That's uh, because that oh, yeah. was a statement that would. Oh yeah, you know what? I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I know exactly. You know, yeah, but here's the thing of it: when they did that duet together on the on the show, I watched it. Okay. I did too. Not the like child. I watched it on YouTube. I actually watched it the first time around. Wow. I did too, and I remember watching it. And then there came this thing called the internet, where you can download songs, and it's like, wait, and now I can burn it to a CD. Wait, I get to play this song that I heard as a child, you know? And that's like the I I know them. He's the Goblin King. I know him, and. I got to know a lot more of David Bowie because Nick is a huge fan. And I came home from work, and he was like, I've been crying all day. And I'm like, well, Nick, I'm sorry to say that (laughs) online. And he was like, I've been crying all day. And I'm like, why? What's wrong? And he's like, David Bowie died. And I was like, whoa, what? You know, and it's it's kind of like a shocker. You know, you're kind of like, what the, f-? you know, and I'm exactly. realizing, yeah, and I knew who he was. I didn't know that he was as big as he is. I mean, when Michael Jackson died, nobody sang "Beat It" on the streets, but yet everybody's singing, you know, "Rocket Man." 
and there's film projectors of him on the streets, and Obama even like laid flowers at his memorial, and I'm I'm beginning to real. I mean, I knew did, he did was. Did you see? Did you see what I posted earlier, a couple hours ago? Okay, there's a uh-uh. church in the nether. There's a church in the Netherlands. Uh, they, were they protesting against his? No, 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 no. No, no. Oh. The, the church in Netherlands played Space Oddity for a tribute to David Bowie, but they did it with the church bells. Oh, oh no! I saw that. Right. Oh, my, yeah. Yeah, oh awesome, it's dude. awesome! It's awesome! Yeah, and did yeah. you see that church that is like ganging up against this funeral and a little girls putting on war paint? To like protest against him, and I'm like, really? That's Why? because well, that's because people that, are ass wipes. They they have no common exactly, sense anymore. Exactly. That, that's society today. And uh, say, may, right? may I say, say something? Uh, hold on. I think that's a. I'm sorry. I think that's a perfect example of why we need to leave art and music in schools instead of taking exactly. them out of schools. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, come on. It's, it's, you're kind of like shaking your head and saying, really, what? I mean, exactly. why would, like, I think, come on. I think Fabian brings America up a good point. Is, Hold on. Go ahead, Brad. I think I think Fabian here brings up a good point when we talk about uh, art, music, and schools. How they've been getting rid of those programs. Um, yeah. It's it has been proven over the last twenty years that uh, the the arts programs help with the scholastic programs, um, especially with mathematics and science, um, because it exercises uh, more of the brain uh, when. When we get rid of those programs in schools and just focus on on the the logical thinking and get rid of, uh, of artistic development, it does create a a, a serious rift uh, between the logical thinking and 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 the artistic. They they are they are uh, both uh, resilient and, and dependent on each other. In, in order to for a child's brain to develop uh, a, a good sense of logical thinking, they must also have the ability to to express themselves artistically. Um, the, uh, yeah. This has been uh, proven. That is very important, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. Really, thank you, Fabian, for that point. Well, bravo to you. I mean, it, it, like the lady was saying, these young kids were in protest had they been taught effectively who our icons are in music and theater and arts, they would be on their knees like all of us thanking David's uh, gift to humanity instead of putting it under the rug. We also have to understand that, you know, we're, we're all involved in the arts in some way or another, and we all understand that it's very important for the development of, of young adults and, and, you know, old adults like, like myself and most of us on the show here. Um yeah, without really. an artistic Wait, outlet. Who are you calling old? Yeah, because okay, I'm, I'm older old. than <laughs> Hey, I'll admit it. Okay. I'll admit it. I'm older than Francie. I already know I'm old. Of course my eighteen year old points 
My 18-year-old points this out on a daily basis that I'm old. Okay, shut <laughs> up. Nobody wants to hear from the peanut gallery. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm I'm old too. And and another thing that I think that you know I'm I'm trying to be clever here. Um, another thing they're taking out of schools is PE. You know, my nieces. I grew up in gym. I was an athlete. I was a jock. Okay, I was starting point guard and I was starting left field in my high school team and you know I'm asking my nieces as they're getting pudgier and I'm like what did you say they're like uh science and I'm like did you run you know there's no recess and there's no gym either in schools they're all uh, consumed with the you know the whole point of education in the United States is, is no longer about a well-rounded individual. It's more about what the school can gain from scores on state yeah. run or federal run tests. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's a whole other ball of wax ball that, uh, we don't want to get into. Yeah, no. that's that's just another yeah. crazy thing. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, of course, about David Bowie, you know, besides being a fantastic singer, he was a very well well, very well an actor, you know, like yeah. with his yes. roles from Man Who Fell to Earth, The Hunger, uh, even Bravo. his theater work in The Elephant Man, and, yeah. you know, Labyrinth, as I saw Don uh, PM earlier talking yep. about how... Okay, I don't care what anybody says. He made, the, yeah. I mean... That was one hot goblin king, okay? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with that okay. one. Okay. Gobble, okay. I, my daughter was a teenager, and we were watching it again for I don't know how many times, and I made a comment about going, damn, that's hot. And she goes, gross, Mom, you're old. I said, well, oh, you what? think young? Oh, yeah. yeah his beauty was his androgyny. Yeah, his androgynous yeah. nature was what made him very appealing and very beautiful, is that he could play a woman, he could play a man, he had that androgynous face, and, um, you know, that's what I always can think of. You know, when I see him, I think, what a beautiful face, what a beautiful man. But at the same time, it's like he was able to transition that energy through the music and through the screen, like you said. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, we got uh, we got a little clip here. It's uh, one minute and two seconds of David Bowie talking about his sexuality. Let's go to the tape. All right, here we go. Do you mind talking about your sexuality? <laughs> Sorry, why? Because what, what was the deal there? You were gay for a while, and then you went. Then you were not no, gay. I'm just happy. <laughs> You were, were you bisexual? Were you pansexual? Were you trisexual? Oh, yeah, bisexual, drugs. Uh, oh, I have. I said I was bisexual, that's enough. You've admitted that you're bisexual. Mm. Oh, yeah, bisexual, drugs. Uh, I said many years ago that I was a bisexual. You've admitted that you're bisexual. Mm. Oh, yeah, bisexual, drugs. Uh, Do you mind talking about your sexuality? <laughs> you went, then you were not no, gay. I was just happy. Oh, I have. I said I was bisexual, that's enough. I said many years ago that I was a bisexual. <laughs> Who are the best kissers, men or women? Uh, 
Why ask me? <laughs> do they kiss? Do they kiss differently? You know, there are a lot of doctors who can actually help you with this. <laughs> connected to whether it's a man or a woman just like you are easy to connect to whether you are a man or a woman it's the vibration the, the energetic field the auric field that you can even pick up over the phone or through the radio somebody will be listening to this a year from now and they'll be connecting with you because they relate and just like we related to David and we still will and we will continue to after all this is morning is done so, yeah, it's the vibration of a person that makes them unique, not their sexuality. All right. Yeah, yeah and I, I I totally agree with you on that one. Um, it's kind of like, um, well, let's say like if um, he did what Bill Cosby did or what Michael Jackson or OJ, I think that people would still be in love with David Bowie. It's it's just that kind of chemistry. He nailed yeah. everything. And the thing is, is he got caught doing nothing wrong. Exactly. And I think the only, that's the only what, thing he got caught doing wrong was being an original in a world full of copies. Oh. I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Wow. Wow, that was was a really good statement. That was really awesome. That was really good. I want to get Nick on because Nick is a good, uh, huge fan of David Bowie. In fact, he downloaded a lot of these. But first, I want to play my favorite David Bowie song of all time. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Hello. You the new butler? (laughs) Well, it's been a long time since I've been the new anything. What's happened to uh, Hudson? I guess he's changing. Yeah, he does that a lot, doesn't he? Um... Oh, I'm David Bowie. I live down the road. Oh. Sir Percival lets me use his piano when he's not around. He's not around, is he? I can honestly say I haven't seen him, but come on in. Come in. I'm going to do it. Come on in. Are you related to Sir Percival? Well, distantly, yeah. Oh, you're not the uh, poor relation from America, right? <laughs> Gee, news sure travels fast, doesn't it? I'm Bing. Oh, I'm pleased to meet you. You're the one that sings, right? Well, right or wrong, I sing either way. Oh, well, I sing too. Oh, good. What kind of singing? Well, mostly the contemporary stuff. Do you uh, 
Do you like modern music? Oh, I think it's marvelous. Some of it really fine. But tell me, uh, you ever listen to any of the older fellas? Oh, yeah, sure. I like uh, John Lennon. And the other one with uh, Harry Nelson. Ooh, you go back that far, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm not as young as I look. <laughs> None of us is these days. In fact, I've got a six-year-old son. And he really gets excited around the Christmas holiday mm -hmm. thing. Do you go in for any of the traditional things in the uh, boy household Christmas time? Oh, yeah, most of them, really. Uh, presents, tree, decorations. Agents sliding down the chimney. What? I was just seeing if you're paying attention. <laughs> Actually, uh, our family do most of the things that other families do. We sing the same songs. Do you? I even have a go at White Christmas. You do, huh? And this one. This is my son's favourite. Do you know this one? Oh, I do indeed. It's a lovely thing. You know, um, my my introduction. You know, the, those of you who know me, 
and know my story, know that I, I grew up basically in uh, Protestant churches, uh, a lot of Baptist churches, Pentecostal churches, and I even like wanted to be a preacher at some point um, when I was uh, around the time I was graduating high school and I uh, preached and stuff. And uh, we, um, us church Christian, like born again Christian types, we, um, uh, uh, the, the, the more holier than thou of us, like I was, um, uh, kind of listened to only Christian music, uh, and, uh, pretty much said that everything else was like, uh, of the world, no Satan and all that, you know, and I gradually kind of evolved to, uh, I still appreciate a lot of the music that I grew up with, with, um, church and a lot of the Christian rock and roll artists and stuff that came up, sprung up from the early eighties and stuff that I really got into missed out though on other music as a consequence. So when I kind of broke away after I turned about 18, 19 or so, I had a lot of catching up to do. And, uh, um, uh, that was around the time that, uh, Bowie's, uh, never let me down glass spider tour started coming up probably just a little bit before that. And, uh, I, I started like getting really into him because of the music that he was coming out with at the time in the, uh, late eighties, um, mid, mid eighties, late eighties. And, um, uh, I started doing a lot of like, um, I, I really liked that music so much, uh, that I did what I did with a lot of, you know, remember like Columbia house and BMG does, you know, yeah. Like, you know, for that and stuff. Yep. I took advantage of that so much. So I really did catch up. I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't pay for most of the stuff that I got. I just kept like, you know, uh, uh, putting uh, accounts in other names and getting more CDs and things. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, at one point it was like, uh, I, if I liked one thing, I would try to get all the back catalog um, uh, of stuff and, and Bowie stuff. And Alice Cooper's stuff, I was uniquely, uniquely interested in. And I think that even to this day, too, there's like been a holy trinity for me of musicians that I like first and foremost above above anybody else. And I had David Bowie, Alice Cooper, and Meatloaf. And, um, oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's just, it's really weird uh, uh, just uh, um, uh, catching up on on Bowie back then and uh, listening to the stuff like Ziggy Stardust, which became one of my all-time favorite albums. And that and Diamond Dogs, uh, they're just uh, overwhelming to me. I played them, I used to play them and play them and play them and play them. And, you know, what's interesting is meeting Francie and stuff and throughout our relationship, uh, I've tortured her with David Bowie. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I would like, uh, especially recently, the last couple of years or so, especially like with well, since we got our Roku box and we could put YouTube up on our TV and we could just like watch videos and things. I, I would like they, they have entire Bowie albums, so sometimes I'd play the entire Ziggy Stardust. And she'd get a little antsy and want to play something else, and and uh, you know, and, and we'd kind of go a little back and forth. She never quite got into it, and then David Bowie died, and now she's like really into David. But I got her to actually listen. So I think it's because everybody around her all of a sudden is like overwhelmed with David Bowie, and she she wants to. She's interested now, and she wants to find out more. So we had like um, the last couple of days or so. Uh, uh, it, uh, just nothing but David Bowie. I mean, me personally, 
because uh, since my introduction to David Bowie and from then, he's been one of my all-time favorites. Um, I, uh, I got a little bit overwhelmed, and I don't do that with celebrity deaths. <laughs> really, because you know, I mean, yeah. I like Robin Williams. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened, and he killed himself too. It's not, it's not like somebody yeah. like BB King, who you kind of expect because they're so old and they're, you know, and you want them to keep living, doing one more album or one more, you know, something. And but you know, people eventually do die. And the thing is, it's what's really peculiar too with David Bowie is, I noticed over the last weekend. And maybe a couple of days before then, uh, on social media, uh, on Facebook, a lot of people started posting his albums. And a lot of David Bowie stuff was going on there. And I right. had to look up whether or not he died. I was thinking, why Why is Why is everybody doing this? And it turned out he didn't die. He now with a new album, Black Star. So I thought, oh, okay, people are getting into him because of that and stuff. Then I started uh, poking around about what David Bowie's been doing lately and, and everything. And then, then all of a sudden, Monday night, I'm on Facebook, and then somebody, I forgot who, posts a message, is it true that David Bowie died? And I went, no. And I and I did some research, and I found out, yeah. That, I forgot who said it first. It wasn't... Uh, it wasn't me. Uh, no, the one that I uh, the the news article I came across, uh, uh, but uh, so I it just it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming that he was alive the day before and he was dead the next day. He just came out with a new album on his birthday, and then I started poking around more and stuff, trying to figure out what he died from, this and that and stuff, and it's just. It, it it turned out, and the other day when Francie said I was crying, I was really I was I was kind of crying for David Bowie's loss, but it just really hit me that he did this whole album, um, knowing that he was going to die, and only a handful of people knew that he was dying, and it was it turned out that it was going to be a message, and uh, after his death, and uh, you know it's just. And then I saw the new stuff from Black Star, uh, the the videos, and it's like um, it, it's really unlike any other person's death. It's really surreal to find out that they knew about it. They were trying to make this uh, their 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 swan song kind of thing before they go, and there's messages inside of it about death and how he was feeling all about it and stuff. And and he, you know, imagine that. And I, I, I also I really want to see David Bowie's uh, th- that new stage play, um, Lazarus, um, and I, I found out that he uh, he had his last appearance on stage last December, um, taking a bow when they when they did Lazarus uh, the whole production for the first time. I think it was I think it was an opening night or something, and he uh, and he, he was there and he got to see his own play. Uh, for the first time, and he took a bow with everybody on stage. They said that he was too tired to attend the after party, but he he actually got to see that. And then, you know, um, they they say now in the articles, if you read uh, enough of them, that that was pretty much his final bow. Um, I'd imagine that in a a biopic of him uh, for something like that. But it's just overwhelming. It really is, and it just—it really touched me deeply. I think maybe I would have been sad 
uh, well, I know I would have been sad. I, I would have like, uh, but I would have taken it not as hard if it wasn't for all the stuff uh, about you know how he died and how he was preparing for it with his with his last album and stuff. It's just it's yeah. weird. I think yeah. that uh, for me, that's that's the main thing for me. That, um, like you said, Nick, it was it just that he and his his close family and very few people knew that the, he was he was fighting this battle, and that the fact that he recorded the album Black Star specifically to give his fans the kind of closure that he wanted them to have it, that shows how much he appreciates his fan. And now when we're, we're dealing with the aftermath of it and we're listening to black star, uh, we're, we're hearing what he wanted to tell us while he was going through that process. It's very intimate and it's very moving. And I, I did cry for for the first day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird how yeah, that works because we don't know him. I, that's oh, the yeah, first thing exactly. I think of, especially when I'm the one that's crying over it. You know, I'm going. I never it, met it, the guy. It's just the influence of yeah, you know, and especially like, over a long period of time. You know, for decades listening to Bowie music. Isn't so, it funny you know, how he, uh, he he did something for his fans who no. We don't know him personally. We don't know his personal life and things like that. But he chose to do something in his dying year that was so intimate to give to his fans. I don't think anything like this has ever been done before. Yeah, probably not. I'm sure that there's been, like, an artist that knew that they were going to die and and, uh, wrote something. It's just I can't think of any of that. I can't think of any either. I, I can't think of any artist that has given so much that continued to give, even though it was like his, his dying wish. It was his last effort and he did it for all the people <laughs> that love him. The people that he doesn't even yeah. know and don't know him. It, it's so intimate. Yeah. Yeah. That's really neat. Francie. Yeah, there was yeah. there was something I was gonna say. Um, I noticed this when we were when Nick was playing some like video blogs of his, and one of them was, um, did you know that he had a David Bowie Ask Me Any Question website? No, I didn't. And exactly, and I was telling Nick about this because I watched him talk about it, and he was like. Yeah, I wake up in the morning, I go on my website, and it's uh, David Bowie asked me any question website, and I'm talking to fans. He's like, it's exhausting, but I love to do it. And that's kind of probably what also set him separate from anybody else is that he talked to the fans. He had a website to where he was talking to his fans personally like on the website he's like hey david what are you doing with this and he's like okay well this is that was not an operator uh, who was hired by david bowie that was david bowie answering all those questions so that's That's an incredible thing i mean it shows it 
it shows his dedication to the people that 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 made him who he was, his fans. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. knew where he came from. Exactly. And he never forgot, and he always appreciated it, and he was always a man that understood why he was where he was at because of the people yeah. that 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 loved the music that he created. And that's you can't you can't ask any more of an artist than that to to have that kind of appreciation and not not be in tune and not lose sight of why he did everything that he did in the first place, which was these people like this and I'm doing it. I'm doing what I like, but I know that people enjoy it. He never lost sight of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Francie, did you know? All right, did you realize that his his name was David Jones? Yeah, and he had this Did you know his friends his friends used to call him Davy, so henceforth he needed to change his name. You know what his second I was at the name time was? The, the monkeys were coming out. You know what his second name was? Oh, I he don't remember now. He changed it to Tom Jones. Yeah, Tom <laughs> Jones. That was another one he came up with. There was a couple he came up with before he got to to David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then he decided to change it to David Cassidy after that, and he was like, okay, I'm David Bowie now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, was, I, was, I saw this thing that was posted. I saw this thing that was posted, uh, I think it was yesterday. It was either yesterday or this afternoon. Anyway, it said different things that you didn't know about David Bowie. Well, a lot of people thought he had two different shades of blue eyes. They thought they were two different blue eyes. One was lighter, one was darker. But that's not the case. What actually happened was years ago when he was a teenager, him and his buddy, his friend, were fighting. They were fighting over this girl, and his friend punched him in the eye, so his eye was permanently dilated. So it made it look like it was two different color blues. I saw that. Yeah. He's awesome. Here's David Bowie on himself, since we're talking about David Bowie on himself. Here he is on himself. Are we ready? Go ahead. Okay. What did David Bowie think about David Bowie? Um, Well, all right. I find that I'm a a person who... um, can um, take on the guises of, of different people that I meet. I can switch accents in, in seconds of meeting somebody, and I can adopt their accent. I've always found that I collect. I'm a collector. Um, and I've always just seemed to collect personalities, um, ideas. I have a hodgepodge philosophy, which really is very minimal. Um, very Do you believe in God? What? Do you believe in God? Um, I believe in an energy form, but I'm not. I wouldn't uh, put. A, I wouldn't like to put a name to it. Do you indulge in any form of worship? Um. Uh, life. I love life very much indeed. You split people down the middle, don't you? A lot. Uh, that is to say that people are, are hostile to you, or they're indi- or they're totally indifferent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm. What kind of what kind of reaction to get from the people who are are violently in favour of you. I mean, do you get fan mail? Yes, a lot. 
What can, uh, is it scabrous or dangerous or interesting or exciting? Very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? Um, well, uh, I seem to draw a lot of fantasies out of people. A lot of the fan mail I get. A lot of it is awfully nice. I mean, they, they say, um, how's your baby and how's your wife and what's your mum's name and things like that. And lot, but some of them are worth framing. Can you tell us about one or two of the framed ones? No, I couldn't really. No, they really are quite heavy. <laughs> <laughs> heavy duty letters, they are. Heavy duty. Heavy duty. Uh, du sorry, duty. Sorry, I drop me tea sometimes. Just wandering around. The more and more I look at the stuff that I've done, I'm finding the mistakes a lot more interesting than the intentions. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, but with every movie that I've made, the process has always been very enjoyable. The end result is the end result, and it's there and that's that, and uh, one doesn't have regrets or any other feelings about no. it. For me, film is something that I, that I just find, I'll, any piece of crap, I can find something good in it. Mm. Um, Me too. I, 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 I think they're really excited. I just love film. It's terrific stuff. What do um, you have to say in a script for you to get to think that is a script? A purpose to the story, a purpose that really is the substance of the character, something that draws some either positive or unusual conclusion, not just something that's just geared to keeping the eyes glued to the screen just for the sake of keeping them glued to the screen. Yeah. And for me as an actor, it has to be a character with substance, or at least the potential for having yeah. substance. Are there any ideas you've got of a character that you'd like to play? No, no, it only happens when I see them written. A substantial change in me, I guess, is that I, I'm, I'm looking much more to my own life. Mm. Um, and the experiences that I have had has, uh, has been quite as justifiable uh, content and input for mm. the work that I do. Yeah. On the... you did Elephant Man on the stage. Yeah. And it was live every night, obviously. And, uh, Sometimes. Uh, do, you, do you think that helped your credibility and your ability in acting? No doubt. Doing that, doing that thing? Yeah, no doubt about it. I, it, it was really the, the first chance I had to uh, have some kind of platform to suggest that it was possible that I could do a pretty good interpretation of a character, um, other than in just a musical context. Do you think you might now get into then um, producing and directing or something? I like. do have those ambitions. Uh, I'd like to um, uh, seriously get down to something next year in a, in a short format. I think this, having done a lot of the promo rock videos, I think the jump from even four minutes to 30 minutes is a big one to make. Mm. But um, I'd like to try that next year and uh, see what kind of mess I make of it. But I, I think it's possible now with the advent of um, cable television, especially in the States, that there's a, a marvellous uh, arena for up-and-coming film directors mm -hmm. to try and work uh, within uh, reasonable budgets to produce good ideas and good valuable shorts, what yeah. used to be shorts, you know. Yeah. Thank you for goodbye and all the boys in the band, David, everybody. I think it's yeah. kind of cool because what every talk show host, like from Conan O'Brien to um, Jimmy Kimball now, and Jay Leno, they all said he was so funny. He made fun of himself, and that is what made him so lovable. But when you see him perform, you're thinking, oh, he's such a serious guy. 
but the people that knew him best, like Jimmy Kimball, was like, like two days, you know, he just said, uh, I just emailed him a happy birthday, and then I found out that two days later he died. And Jimmy is like, what? <laughs> you know, it's kind okay. of mind-blowing. Hey, by the way, do any of you guys uh, know this? This I just I don't know how true this is, but I was like on Facebook earlier today or t- the earlier this evening while uh, down at uh, Create downloading my shows. Uh, but I saw a story about uh, David Bowie's ex-wife. Who is now on the UK version of Big Brother? Yes, yes, and, that's true. And I can I've been watching. Like, yep. I'm going like what? what? Yes. Yeah. Her name is. Um, she's on the UK Celebrity Big Brother right now. She's still in the house. She had a. She collapsed in the what they call the diary room yesterday. And, you know, today she said, literally, quote-unquote, I got the hell out of that relationship as fast as I could. Um, Look, the fact is, is we all have bad relationships in our lives, and, you know, they're not always stellar. And we can't, you know, she's she's in turmoil. She's in turmoil. And out of her respect for their son, their mutual son, that's his mother. And that's the the son of uh, David Bowie, and that's his mother. So... I say, if you lose your family member, you're going to be in pain, and that's not an easy way to uh, go through that in front of the whole world. Yeah, exactly. And to discover, you know, that your former husband has just now passed away. Uh, You know, that's, to me, me, not the easiest way. Um, David Bowie's wife was on Big Brother in the U.K., and when she got the news, she passed out. She didn't even know. She didn't even know? Did she And know? it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was a, like she said, it was a comedy of errors because also David Guest is currently in the house. And when she got out of the house, this girl named Tiffany Pollard, as we know here in the United States, a.k.a. New York, from Flavor of Love, oh, was freaking God. out. She's yep. in the UK now? Yep. They're in England right now in this house in Bournemouth, which is their Hollywood. Yeah. You can you can Google it and watch uh, the reaction that she had when they told her. They told her off camera, but they showed her reaction on camera. Well, either way, yeah, yeah. it was tough to watch. Wow. Yeah. That's why I personally, you know, regardless, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. It's just like, hey, it's like, it would be kind of odd just to, you know, being on TV and all of a sudden finding out, you know, like your best friend just died. Oh, my you gosh. Know, if not... I just know that Nick died, I would totally go into a total panic. Like, wow. Yeah, no kidding. But, but uh, like, you know... To me, even if Joey or Don died, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know, I'd be in a total outrage. I don't want to put us in the PG thirteen right now. 
Oh, wait, we are uh, rated PG-13. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, really. Nah, hey, no, that's yeah, okay, because, yeah. you know, that you, the way you just said that actually has to make me laugh, because you know how they have all these apps, you take all these quizzes and stuff oh, like yeah. that? Okay. Well, they had this one that, you know, it would show bom, your headstone and what you died from, Okay. Well, I didn't think nothing about it because, you know, I kind of have a work sense of humor sometimes anyway. And my headstone that said what year I died, that I die of a heart attack. Well, one of my friends didn't pay attention to the year or what it was and panicked until she saw me on Facebook because she thought I actually had a heart attack and died. Well, hey. Hey, I thought it was funny, but, you know, like I said. Well, yeah, it's like. As I said, it's, it's um, you know, some people are morbidly funny and some people are like, wait a minute, did I just read that Jeff Wynn just blew himself up? And, yeah, right? Uh, well, you know, we no, all know I what Francie keeps reminding me of anyway. She yeah. keeps telling me what a dark side I have. No, My dark side, once again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brad, are you still with us? I am here. Yes. Oh, there you go. Hey, you know, I, I've been again, I've been listening. Yeah, really. Wow. I'm just really, I'm learning so many more things about his death. And Nick said, uh, Nick, what did you want to hear? Nick said, please play his song. Oh. Okay. All right. Should we play Life on Mars? Sure. Bra- Bravo. Okay. Go for it. Nick, is it? Where is it? I'm looking for it. Francie has to go through Nick's archives because Nick's David Bowie fan. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, really. <laughs> Brett and, and Joe, you guys have seen yeah. my uh, switchboard. There's. Oh, how about a Hero? Okay. There we go. How about if we yeah. hero? Any song we can be heroes.
wrong with that song? No, you yeah. never do that. Very yeah, good. great song. Yeah. It's yeah. very powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Magic oh, dance from Labyrinth. Son, wallflowers, right? Yeah, the wallflowers redid that song. See, now you can't go wrong with magic dance either from Labyrinth. That's that's pretty awesome. That's like my favorite one in the whole movie. I I'm going to I I'm you guys are gonna hang me up at the uh at the cross. Um I didn't see Labyrinth. The only part I seen of Labyrinth was when he danced with the baby and Yeah, that's magic uh, dance. Okay, yeah, great song. And the fart break. Yeah. Oh, we do have a caller. We got a caller. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Two one two. You're live. Hello. Hello. Hey Hello. guys, how are you? Hey. Good how are you doing? I'm doing quite well, actually. Um, well, I could be doing better given uh, the, the recent news, but uh, yeah, yeah, I was just calling back to. To uh, to really say thank you, I was uh, just leaving work, and uh, David Bowie. I mean, I've been listening to him for years, and you guys just played one of my favorite songs, so I felt compelled to call in and just say, you know, thank you for that. Um, and yeah, so uh, I remember. uh, Yeah, like Joe said, you're welcome. Would that be Heroes? Uh, I actually, I'm sorry. Uh, what song was it? Uh, we could be here. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I just wanted to, yeah. Let me ask you, have you heard any songs from his Black Star album yet? You know what? Um, I, I have to be honest. I'm When it comes to all types of music, I'm, I'm a traditionalist at heart, so it, it's hard for me to, I mean, to be honest, to, to kind of listen to the contemporary music, you know, 2015, 16, compared to the music he made 10, 20 years ago. I mean, I just, I want to, I hope, I've been told it's good. I just, I hope it compares, because a lot of the artists that I listen to today, they just seem to fall fallen off, and they don't really care about the art anymore, but he seemed to always be involved in the art and until the very end. Oh, it's yes. really good. It's really uh, good, huh, Fancy? As, as someone who has listened to the entire Black Star album over the last uh, couple of weeks, well, it was released earlier last week, I can tell you that uh, it, it holds true to everything that he has done, and uh, it's it's a testament to his versatility. Uh, if you're if you if you have any doubts, you know, listen, I'm I'm an old school guy too, um, but after listening to Black Star, I can tell you that. You will enjoy it, and you will appreciate it. And I suggest that you check it out. Okay. Yeah. You know, I... I I'm All sorry, right. go what ahead. What's the name again, 212? I'm really sorry. I'm really bad with names. Oh, no, I, I don't think I introduced myself. My name's James. Hi, James. James. Can we play, uh, James, do you have, like, three minutes of time? Go for it. 
Okay. Uh, James, we would like – this is, without a doubt, and Nick introduced me to the song. It's called Lazarus. It's on the Black Star album. Oh, Lazarus well, we is one I was going to suggest. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Lazarus is huge. They want to hear it again. Man, that's good. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. This is, all right. All right, James. This is, without a doubt, one of the most powerful songs that you could never hear because of the fact that he sang it because he knows that he's dying. And yep. it's, it, it, here we go. Are you ready? Let's do James, it. This is from Black Star. Here we go.
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so strong. What did you think of that, James? Guys, I, I have to say I'm I'm surprised and it's very happily surprised. I I actually enjoyed that. I uh, uh I, I feel yeah, like I, I, I I accept it now. This is great. You gotta yeah, say that and, uh, you know. he he really he really went back to a lot of places. It's almost like with this album when you listen to each track on it, he he had his purpose. It it becomes quite apparent, but he also kind of I don't know how to put it like like you said you're more of a retro guy and you're more into the earlier stuff and you know David Bowie has touched on a lot of different genres in his career um this album I think it supersedes every genre as far as what you would think about uh especially lyrically um and what he's done and he's incorporated a lot of um modern technologies in the music but it it's not what you might think it would be. I, I would suggest, James, that you 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 check it all out. And and as Francie said earlier, I plan on it. Every song is available on YouTube. Uh, the David Bowie uh, has made it. Yeah, like available. he's not. So you can he's listen not. To it. Yeah, you're, he's. It's like he's saying, okay, um, I'm not personally going to make money off this album. I just want, and what he said was, this is my gift to the world. This is my last album. I know I was, was dying, and, you know, very few people knew that he was dying, and, you know, he had cancer. He he knew he had cancer, and he was like, okay, i got to put out this last album. And, and the, the most, amazing, the most amazing thing about it is the most amazing thing about it is if you think about it, for such a huge celebrity presence to be able to keep that kind of thing under wraps for so long means he yeah. had people around him that he trusted. And I mean, everybody, you know, any kind of reporters and I mean, they would have jumped on if they had known he was he was the type of man that was able to keep it under wraps and do what he wanted to do during that time and just and just avoid all the publicity hoopla and I mean you gotta respect David Bowie for being able to pull that off, to keep it all such a secret for so long and be able to fight this battle in private with his loved ones and his family. I mean that's that's hard to do in the society that we live in these days. You gotta give him props for that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, there was very few people, and somebody kind of leaked it out that, oh, yeah, David Bowie's got liver cancer. We don't know what kind of cancer he has. Somebody yeah, he had liver cancer. Apparently, there was a yeah. statement, but I think it was on um, uh, a page that um, had his wife on it, and they acknowledged that it was liver cancer. Yeah, because no. um, I was I was bragging to the guys at work, and I'm like, yeah, um, oh, here's somebody that left a recording as uh, a R.I.P. to David Bowie. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Folks, I just woke up and to the news like I usually do and heard that David Bowie died. Wasn't expecting that. 
didn't know he had cancer. Is that it? Well, you know. Shit. I just put out that album that was... I don't have it yet, but now I can see where he was talking a bit in in Lazarus, in a way saying goodbye. You know, it just hit me. I just found out less than 15 minutes ago about his death. So, this is no time to try to be profound. I'm just really feeling it strong. But David Bowie, like music, music is like the cement that has held life together for me and a lot of people. Much more so than something like the idea of religion or politics or... Music has been the guiding force for my life. It really has been in many ways. And Bowie has been presence a presence ever since I first discovered him in the early 70s. Like many people, the first thing I heard was Space Oddity, which I loved. But when I first saw his images and, you know, the veiled, not even veiled, but the suggestiveness about um, what is sexuality and what is your sexuality, you know, it caused conflict in me as a teenager because I was in conflict, you know what I'm saying? And some of that stuff was unsettling, you know, especially when I wasn't sure, you know, of myself and a lot of things. Yeah, so he touched a lot of people in so many different ways. Definitely. And, you know, um... Nick said uh, he's he's running out right now, and he said, um, "Please play uh, David Bowie's deepest secrets because Nick found them." Are you ready? Okay. Okay. All right. Let me find them again. Hold on. Uh. All right. Here we go. David Bowie's biggest secrets ever. Tonight. We have a really famous music star who, for some reason, was willing to spill his guts for us on camera. This is some pretty dark, disturbing stuff. You might want to send the kids out of the room. Take a look. Bowie. Secrets. Sometimes, when I'm at a McDonald's, I wait until nobody's looking. And then I stick my hand inside the straw dispenser and touch all the straws. I've reinvented my image so many times that I'm in denial that I was originally an overweight Korean woman. I was on tour in the United States back in 89, and we did a show in Cincinnati. During that show, I shouted out, It's great to be in Cincinnati. That was a lie. Bowie. 
generations and then for children who are yet to be born they hope i hope and i pray you know when you go to europe i hear a lot when i'm in england especially i hear why are americans such this way why are they this way but the truth is david chose to live in new york city he chose to come to america because he felt most at home here and this is where he died he didn't die in london that's a rumor he died in new york and that he came that here to true. be home with his family. We are his family as well as the world. But he chose to be here with us. And I hope American children uh, from here on out, they remember that when they hear his music in the future. Because you know we're going to hear a lot of David Bowie music from here on out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'm looking at, from what I've heard of Black Star, like I'm listening to the radio when I drive to work in the morning, my day job, and... I'm wondering, because Nick introduced me to this uh, elaborate song and all this, and I'm like, holy crap, this is like the most powerful. I mean, don't get me wrong, Adele, I love you, but David Bowie has gotten you beaten on with this song. It is, without a doubt, the most powerful song I've ever heard. And it's because you know what he's been going through, and you know he's dying. And he wanted this to be presented to the world to say, look, this is me. I'm exposing myself. And I think it's brilliant. He gave himself with this album to the people that he loved the most. 
well, not love the most, but his fans, people that he knew that he he left a message is what it is. Yeah, he did. He left a message and about he himself. He left a very powerful message and yeah. about what he yeah. went through. And, and the, the, you know, the realization that you know that, that you don't have long on this earth and then to to write music and lyrics to express what that what that is about, what that experience is, and do it in private is, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, I'm just blown away by it. Yeah, it's sad uh, to me that yeah. this is his only number one album in the United States, this new album that just came out. How come all the work, his body of work, this is the only number one album? I don't think so. I think we're going to start seeing in the charts all of his albums, most of them start t- chart-topping. Yeah. They they they, they need to be. You know, it, it it really and truly needs to be because I I've got such a high respect for him now and I want to hear more and Nick is showing me he's like, Oh, okay, you wanna hear more, Davy? David? Well, here you go. <laughs> you know. That, and I'm like, that's Oh, the I thing, like that. Francie, I would like to ask you, I mean, you, you were you were not a big David Bowie fan and that's fine, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a big Creed Clearwater fan yet. You know they're a huge fan, and, oh, and we all have our we all have our likes. And the R gets stuck in my head too much. No, no. Well, yeah, but, but my point is, my my point is, Francie is is sometimes it takes a, a tragedy to to get people to see different things and to want to explore different things. Uh, would you be willing more now to to you know look into more of Dave Bodie's stuff? Um, and well, it's okay what, if you don't like got, it. It's what fine. What got me into it? Um, it? When I came home from work and Nick was like, he was kind of in tears and he was like, David Bowie just died. And he's like, I've been crying all day because Nick is a huge David Bowie fan. It was kind of like my Solomon Burke, you know. I, oh, we right. had Solomon oh, yeah. Burke on yeah, the yeah. show and... Oh my gosh, I got to speak at his yeah. wake. That was amazing. And I come home from on a lunch break and people are emailing me and they're like, I'm so sorry to hear about Solomon Burke. And I'm like, well, Nick, this is, your, your David Bowie is my Solomon Burke, you know? And, and then he showed me this. He was like, uh, so after we watched this David Bowie concert where it was like instant requests, like, who's on the phone? I'm going to sing whatever they ask me to sing. And he's like, after this, we got to hear the Lazarus song. That's what everybody's pointing to. And I'm watching the video. I was like, this is such an amazing song. And, you know, it, it got me. I mean, it, I'm, I'm terrible to say that it was his last word but that's what got me attracted and I'm telling Nick now even though he loves David I'm like you know, for the last two days I was like we got to hear the Lazarus song sorry Nick <laughs> you did it to me no, and he's Prancy, like, I, I would like to, I would like to ask actually, actually Prancy, I, I do have a song request and I think it's something that, that you would enjoy and it's one of my favorite David Bowie songs. If you could find it in Nick's archives there and play it live on the show, I uh, I would appreciate it very much. And that is uh, Loving the Alien. 
What is it again, Nick saying? What? Loving the alien. Oh, uh, we don't have that uploaded though. That's great. Get it uploaded, Nick. Uh, okay. Oh, we got a little bit of time. Get it uploaded. Okay. What do you want? I, I would appreciate uh, if you could play that. It's with one me. of my favorites. How about Magic Dance? <laughs> Rock and Roll Suicide. There you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, be back, Kenny. Okay. Rock more. and Roll with Me is. You got. Rock and Roll Suicide on there, too. On religion, on himself, on sexuality. Go down. Or no, up, up, I guess. You gotta, there's a lot. There's boo. Go under David Bowie, D for David Bowie. Yeah. Consummate hey. professionals. Consummate. Yeah. Um, yes, wasn't Lazarus, wasn't Lazarus risen from the dead after four days yes. in the gospel? Rock and roll. Okay, that's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> a lot more. You got rock and roll. Going down. Okay. okay. And then I got David dancing. Oh. Oh, there it is. You found it? Oh, here it is. Okay. Takes a cigarette, puts it in your mouth. You pull on your finger, then another finger, then your cigarette. The water wall is calling, it lingers, then you forget. Oh, 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 you're a rock and roll suicide. Too old to lose it Too young to choose it And the clock waits so patiently on your song You walk past the cafe But you don't eat when you live too long Oh no, no, no You're a rock and roll suicide It breaks the snarling as you stumble across the road. But the day breaks instead, so you hurry home. Don't let the sun blast your shadow. Don't let the milk float drive your mind. That's so natural, religiously
Betsy? Yeah. Yeah. Your, yeah. your job yeah. this weekend is to go on Netflix and watch Labyrinth. I want a full report Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I will um, stalk you too. I get it too. <laughs> Would you like that in 500 words or less? Or <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. Is it a right. written report or is it, does she want to do a uh, vocal report? Or, Recorded oh, I think we should go for re- both. I think Do I think we should cover the spectrum. Cover the spectrum, and yeah. and uh, and then are you going to grade it? Like you know, and uh, pay attention to punctuation and, and grammatical things too. Oh you yeah, know. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you you guys do realize that I grew up in South Carolina, which means that we listen to Fifty Cent. And uh, yeah, I grew I up in South Carolina. Well, I grew up in Myrtle Beach. Where did you grow up? What? I'm sorry. Hold my on. child was born in Texas. My, my child was born in Texas, okay? I've got the Southern draw thing down, okay? What? Well, I grew up in South what Carolina. What are y'all did not talking get... about? <laughs> Hold on, yeah. I, Francie you was born in me that you do a better Southern draw than me? Because I don't think you got me. I I always stood uh, away from that. <laughs> Girls, uh, well, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm a southerner. Texas, okay? I'm a I got southerner this. at heart. Hi, I, I lived in, in Texas. I lived in Georgia. I got this, okay? Hey, nice. you ain't got <laughs> nothing on me, okay? But, Have you ever but, had those? You're on. running in the field and also only <laughs> those little stickers that stick in your salt. Okay. But, but, okay, I may have the Texas and the Georgia thing going on, but I am always a Yankee. Hey, All right. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up, I, I lived a year in Michigan. She's living in Ohio. Yeah, I no, don't, I'm in Pennsylvania now. No, no joke. I don't want to live in the snow. Yeah. No, I don't even want to talk about snow, okay? Every time oh, my kid goes out like there to shovel, snow. it fills right back up in an hour, okay? It's been snowing on and off all fucking weekend, all week. Oh, yeah, I'm done with it, okay? It's out there snowing I, right I now. I like the only person in South Carolina. It's like I came back home from Michigan and I got back to South Carolina. And they're like, it's going to snow. And I'm like, no, I don't like the snow. <laughs> and they were like, why don't you want to do the snow? And I'm like, yeah. And I kind of slipped the birdie up to the snow. I'm not going to say the word. And I'm like, no, I don't want no snow. Snow is not good. You can have some of mine. I'm sick of it. No. Oh, <laughs> now I'm in California. And it's like 50, yeah. degrees. Okay, check it out. Went grocery shopping today. What did I see in the store? Make your own snowman kit. It comes with the spray paint and everything to to make your own snowman. (laughs) In South Carolina, they have the snow globe. It's called the uh, South Carolina Snowman. Uh It's just a carrot and a little black cat and... A carrot and black cat and three raisins, like 
going around in the water. There's no snow. (laughs) Yeah, I do not like the snow. I do. Yeah, what is the Okay, it's probably like 12 degrees out there like now, right now. Like 12 degrees. Yeah, we're at like 53. Let's put it this way. As the saying goes, it's colder than a will digger's ass out there. <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah. I was always partial. I was always partial to the witch's pit analogy. Yeah, because I was it thinking had about that one earlier. I yeah, mean, it applies to that one too. That nice. <laughs> okay. Okay, our new callers uh, are James and Fo. Oh, Fabio. that's a hard. Uh-huh. Fabian. 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 What, what Fabian. are you He's been here today? with us since the beginning, this guy. Yeah, you you asked me to stay and I and I stayed. Like you asked yeah. me to. Stay. Oh, yeah, You're really. I've been here the whole time. Yeah, that's right. What is I still can't pronounce his name and he's been on our show what twice, Brett? You know that. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Robert oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Brett is just Brett. Uh, I don't even know who I am half the time. Uh, uh, my name is not Brett, but I'm not John Link either. But uh, here's the funny thing, Francie: is Joe and I uh, we're doing a double header tonight. Can you believe that? And listen, this is not yeah. a sexual connotation at all. You know, <laughs> we have a yeah, little bit of a reputation. Yeah, that reminds me because. I I I don't have much time off at and work. Uh, go ahead and please because you do have and uh, plug your show, Brett. Yeah, Brett. Oh, you want me to put? Is that is that where we're going? Yes. Hey, listen, yes, Joe and yeah. I just did a double header, right? Can you believe this, Joe and I? <laughs> I did a show earlier tonight with the yes. wonderful, beautiful Miss Tamara Glenn. And Joe was a part of that. And he hung out through the whole yeah. show. And then we turned right around, and now we're doing Francie's shows. Look at this, huh? Who better not? <laughs> and right. You guys have such a wonderful show, and then you come onto my show, and you're like, ah. Uh, that's right. What are we doing? Uh, no. I don't know. Not at all. We're no, talking we about both, David Bowie. We both Bowie. got that's plenty it. of spunk. We both got yes, plenty of spunk left. And listen, I didn't want to make this show about me or anything like that, you know, but Joe brought it up. So, Baldhead yeah. Radio on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, there you go, if you want to check it out. Uh, I've been trying to get Nick on the show for some time, but that, as yeah, everybody knows, gotta, he's a hard man Nick to get a hold of. Oh, do you know how I get Nick on the show? You want to see how I get oh. Nick on the show? Nick, come here. Wait, wait, can I send him some brownies? I can, I can send him like a package of brownies or some, uh... Say hi. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay. I didn't hear that. I'm, show. I'm back on the show. There uh, you are. Before. <laughs> We're talking about... We're talking Nick about getting you on to down. Red's uh, show. Oh, Brett's show. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, Francie says that you've been trying to get me on the show for a long time. You got to hit me up more. You know what? You're a hard man to nail down. Actually, the only way that I could ever get a hold of you is through Francie's show. <laughs> oh well, Facebook, Facebook too. I see all the messages on Facebook. It's just I get a, I have a hard time usually responding on time because I get so many. I get so many emails and, and I, I feel like I'm I feel like I, I'm some kind of a a celebrity uh of some sort because I get so many. Uh, you and, are a celebrity. I mean, you know, I just, I, I it's overwhelming. It's a, and and I, I it's because uh, a lot of them are people that because of my publishing business and stuff. And there's so many things to do, and there's so many authors. I mean, there's new authors that are coming out this year, um, probably twenty alone this spring. So, you know, that's all I'm that kind of thing. It's not like fans saying, you know, I want to get your attention. It's all business stuff mostly. But it's like overwhelming well, a lot. What I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say, Nick, is like the only way I have to get a hold of you anymore, my old friend that I've known for many, many, many years, is to call in the Frenchie show because I know that eventually you'll be on any of her shows. Well, that is that is then, a way. Another thing is but to I just mean, keep messaging me uh, on Facebook uh, like uh, once every two days, and then I'll eventually like. No, I'm not that I didn't even yeah, want it to like, go this way at all, as far as trying to get you on my show. That's not. That's no, not wasn't I'm, my intention to try to handle you like that. I'm trying to open myself up for uh, shows. Uh, I'm trying to discipline myself so that I allot my time in the way that I want, so that I have time to do stuff like that. And I, I got my new calendar all set up. And um, yesterday, a guy uh, hit me up on Facebook. He's an author. Never heard of him before. Um, I. Uh, he, he doesn't bring about anyway. He hit me up. He's having an event at the end of the month on Facebook uh, where people answer uh, questions from, from I guess, 2 uh, p.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, it's on the last Friday of this month. Um, you can find it on my Facebook page because he's, he's posted stuff about it. But he's gotten other authors too, and every author has like an hour. They can answer questions on Facebook and stuff. And, you know, um, uh, for what it's worth, I just I, I kind of figured that this is never done anything like that before myself. I kind of think that it's it's almost a waste of time in a way uh, because yeah, I'm always on Facebook anyway. But um, I said yes, <laughs> and he's really really excited about it, and it's kind of like it's kind of like a show, only it's not like a radio show like Francie and Friends. It's just answering people's questions at a certain time of day that day. But he's like really promoting it, and and he got he has a lot of people behind him that are promoting it. And I thought, oh sure, yeah. But I, I'm trying to I got my I'm trying to get my schedule figured out. And uh, anytime you want to hit me up to do it, uh, I, now that I got my calendar up and my, my schedule organized, I could just you know like you know you know fill you in on on Wednesday is it. Yeah. I usually do them around Wednesday at 6 p.m., yes. Oh, okay. Not yeah, every see, Wednesday, I know. but Wednesday <laughs> I do pay attention. I, I do know that you have a Wednesday night show, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, beautiful. Nice. Well, yeah. I, we, we, could, we can go two ways about this, and, and uh, I'm going to go the gangster way here. I can either keep hitting your Facebook every single hour of every day until we nail that time, or 
even better. We could do a live right here on the air. I can nail you down. How about that? Do you like that? Yeah, because all of my Wednesdays are free. So I could say like any time, any Wednesday, it will do, actually, uh, okay. even next about, week. Okay, I, I'm, and I'm committing myself to this as well. Uh, next Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, would you be on my show? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so mark you your calendar. Look at I just I just started so yes, on my show. Listen, to, and, and check it out. By the way, I want you to understand, Nick. Joe pushed me into this. <laughs> Look at this guy. He brought up my show, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I, I, I know. Well, you know, speaking oh, of Joe too, Joe is doing like a retro um, interview um, on the Joe Flynn show. Uh, from what I understand, coming up, I think it's this. I think it's this Friday night, yeah. and it's going to have me and Fred no, Weezy. Next, next, next Friday, not this Friday. Next Friday. Next Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, it's basically, and I'll tell you this much, uh, Nick. Uh, it's actually your interview with. Priscilla at one of the conventions, and oh, it's like okay. I was t- I was telling the guys over at Create, I was looking at this tape said, and it was labeled the New York Comic Con, and I was thinking, who do I know out in New York that went to New York Comic Con? And then I watched the tape, and it was like just little segments of me in the cemetery introducing people and the first two people that came up were Fred Weehy when I first met Fred and interviewing him for Strange Day and, yeah. his, and then you and so it's like about five six minutes or so and your interview with Fred, uh, Priscilla and then we put Ed Neal in there from WonderCon and it, it, it was a pretty entertaining show. And I was telling the guy, I go, I haven't seen this video in like about 10 years to tell you how long it's been, you know. Well, yeah, I guess it was that it, long, the way that you're describing it. Because I'm trying to you and your hair, it was like I was hair. looking at, yeah, it was. It was like, you know, all dark and curly I'm like, man, look at that. I still try to keep it that way. Yes. But, uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. I don't mean to cut you off too much, but um, I, I sense uh, through, through, through my the dark side of the force that I often use, you know, sometimes for good. Yeah. Is, uh, yes. We're uh, probably boring the David Bowie people that are trying to listen in, and they don't want to hear about yes. us. They want to hear about Mr. Bowie. Um, True. So this, this, Bowie. Okay. And, and the yeah, other point, okay, Nick. you can be. So, yeah. Good but point, Nick. I, I, I want to I find out that uh, Loving the Alien has been uploaded. Loving the Alien. Let's do that, Francie. It is uploaded. I uploaded it. I, uh, I love that song, and, and we're going to talk about David Bowie, of course, that's what this show is all about, and Loving the Alien, yeah. uh, off of the album from 19, I believe it was 1981 or 1982, was, was something that really got me hardcore into David Bowie and all his earlier stuff, and it's always a gateway. You, you find a person's 
uh, later works, and at that time it was a later work, and then it, it, it's a gateway into their earlier works and, and finding out more about what that artist was doing back in the, in the 60s and the 70s. And uh, this song for me was my gateway drug into David Bowie. And ever since then, I've always loved the stuff that David Bowie's done. Oh, oh there, there it is. <laughs> cool. That's Everybody. dancing in the streets, dude. <laughs> that's, that's, David Bowie tribute. If I was David Bowie, that would be the last song. That, I mean, he didn't write it. It was just like a little you know, thing. And then it's on Family Guy. They did the whole video to that on Family Guy. It's like for a, like a gay thing. Right, right. And that, that but was actually, the, that was uh, if you put it in context, I, I did a little research on that video earlier, and I almost uploaded a little making of um, part of that video and it's interesting because they did it all in one day and you could see it's an easy video to do anyway if you just look at it but um, 
uh, they're talking about how they uh, they were preparing it for I think it's like an award show or something. They they were doing it for like a special TV like MTV thing I think, and they only had like one day to do it, and they had no idea how they were going to film it. They just got the two singers there. And uh, uh, they said, okay, you're going to be in an alley. Okay, they're going to be in this house. And they just improvised the whole time and stuff. And it was like a uh, um, uh, thing with the uh, uh, the video was uh, they it was like a last-minute kind of a thing overall. Uh, either one of them just thought, you know, okay, if we're going to do like um, – a cool uh, song together, a cool recording, and a video to promote, like, an MTV award show. We're going to, like, uh, let's do Dancing in the Streets. That's a cool, you know, something like that. So that's how it went. Uh, it's, it's interesting how they made that, though. But you and I get nose-to-nose and go, Dancing in the Streets, you ready? <laughs> dancing in the, in the Streets. Yeah. Dancing in the Streets. Yeah. Okay, Francie. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, uh, just a tiny side note for everybody, um, uh, uh, because you couldn't see how we were acting just now in the last, like, 30 seconds, um, I'm doing a show that's coming out this spring, and it's called The Black Hamster TV Show, and it's going to be all video. It's going to be a web TV show. It's going to be professionally done. And uh, uh, and you guys saw the posts on Facebook. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah, I saw about that. So it's going to be a, a little plug. How did, how did you get that to be available on, on the Roku platform? Oh, you know, basically, all said and done, anybody can have a Roku channel. You just have to... Um, you have to... Uh, there, there's, there's a process uh, in order to do it right. And then they decide whether or not they'll let you do it if it's done right, or if it's not done right. It's just it's all programming and stuff. But but they let you do it. Anybody can do it. You just anybody can't do it in a day. Um, but uh, people like Raina Young, Miss Misery, and Mr. Lobo, um, our friends. I was really surprised when I came across their channels, and then I thought, you know what? And then I did some research on Google, and yeah, you can. So I'm figuring it out. <laughs> to have our own Roku channel, it's free. There are That's services that you can pay for, and there, the, you know, I mean, it does cost money if you want like the best streaming capabilities in the world and to, you know, do it really professionally. But there's a lot of channels on there that are just independent channels, and they come through just fine. But anyway, that's, that's the cool thing about Roku. That's the British Roku. Roku said I, I've, I've had a Roku box for the last uh, three years or so. And, uh, you know, I finally got my wife to dump, you know, traditional cable TV. Um, and it, for the, like the last eight years or so, I've been trying to find different ways to, you know, find ways to stream channels. With it. And then the Roku box came along. And uh, I got two of them. I got one in the bedroom and I got one in the living room with the big screen TV. And uh, you can stream your Netflix and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, we were able to dump you know, the cable TV cost and just pay, you know, eight bucks for Netflix and then, you know, 50 or 60 bucks for internet connection. And uh, Brett, it drops uh, Brett, so hold, hold, Brett. Yeah. Hold mm-hmm. that thought for a second, because that, uh, that, um, a British woman, like Francie says, 
as she just said, uh, like 30 seconds or something. Uh, everybody oh, that's okay. listening live, please listening, please listen to us in the archives. Um, within the hour, it, it'll go up in archives. I think an hour and a half or so. Listen to the whole show. We're going into the after party now, which isn't live. So okay, Brett. And that 10 seconds, and she said, okay, yeah, sorry, Brett, just wanted to tell people because we did have a big show. So, sayonara, everybody, listen to us in the after party. And, okay, Brett, yeah, the thing about Roku, uh, uh, what do you think? Do you think it's better than, like, cable and stuff? I, Dude, I will subscribe to your Roku channel, absolutely. If it's available cool. and I know where to find it, I will <laughs> definitely have it on my TV in my living room. <laughs> It's, it's going to be essentially what Black Hamster TV has been for five years. That's essentially just me streaming uh, horror stuff and and Black Bedsheet Books related stuff and commercials and trailers and things on Veedle.com. And Veedle.com has been so convoluted with nonsense. And sometimes I find it even difficult to like stream things on there. But I've gotten like about maybe um, – 150,000 um, watches from that. And I kind of figured, you know, that's free publicity. And it taught me um, in, in in doing it and constructing it just right, I it, it taught me how to uh, create a, um, um, like a, sort of, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And then I learned how to construct my own commercials with programs and like put like little things together that would represent the kind of content that you would see on um like a like an old time UHF channel. Uh and mm-hmm. uh so I started constructing that and just streamed it on Veedle and sometimes I'd get comments and then I'd get like I'd I'd stream it all night long, wake up in the morning and I'd get another ten thousand people that actually like tune into it. I don't know for how long but you know, and as like old, I don't know why I'm really obsessed with with fast food restaurants and nostalgia with fast food restaurants. So I put fast food commercials on there, and you know, and stuff, and just you know that kind of content. Yeah. And now that I've been thinking about it, and because of Francie's show, I want to do my own content. And I uh, this this thing that I'm doing lately with the Black Hamster TV show is is designed after. Um, after stuff like the Daily Show, uh, really. And mm. I have, like, a regiment and things. I have, like, correspondence from conventions and stuff, and I'm going to be the host, so I have to – I've been experimenting in front of the camera, deciding what kind of um, persona I want to express on it. Because, you know, sometimes, you you know, like with Francie's show or whatever – you you go you you record something that's live or whatever and and you, sometimes you're you don't feel like doing it but you do it anyway and it shows and I I want to like have like something where there's a constant like a persona that I would have that's constant and that people would want to pay attention to I I mean so and then surround whatever it is that I figured out I think I've got it pretty good um, and surround myself with um, the kind of content, and I figured, you know, what kind of content do I, well, my forte is like horror fiction. There's not really a show like that 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 is about news, about horror fiction in the world, what the book industry is doing, and sometimes independent film and things, and throw stuff in there, and interesting people and, and, and celebrities, 
and stuff. And just uh, I'm going to start it out as uh, the show that is um, pre-recorded, so I can put things together right, have a great opening, and and uh, have it almost like you know one of those big talk shows, in a way. But you know it's something very different too. And uh, well, you guys will see it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One of the things is, do you think you'll run into any kind of copyright issues through the platform? No. Um, there's places like, there's there's channels on it like Bizarre TV that they show live streaming yes. content. And um, I'm sure that they don't have copyright over a lot of this stuff. The thing is, you can pretty much show things on the Internet as long as it's not something that's, um, and if, if it's live, it, it, I mean, uh, one thing to upload content and put it permanently on the internet, and then there's another thing to um, to not upload but just stream it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why there's so many things like on Vito. I found out too. You can see all kinds of pirated movies on there anytime that you want to, and it's because it's streaming. It's up for the studios to find out who the hell is doing it. But I mean. Um, they're not like uploaded content that you can somebody else can download. They're just streaming live. They could cut themselves off anytime they want to, and but that's not what I'm going to be doing either. Everything I, I'm going to do everything professional and buy the book and get permissions. No, I thought that was I thought that was a thought. No, <laughs> no. I, <laughs> no, that was, that was my funny. Care. I, I got to ask you one. I got to ask you one ball busted question. Do you guys ever fart in the ring? Let 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 a little red biscuit come out or anything? Uh, I farted a couple times. <laughs> is that what you're thinking? Is that what you're talking about? Fart? I didn't hear you. <laughs> you know, listen. I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a funny one. I fought at. Uh, there was one event that I fought. At. It was actually a pretty big event. It was at the Foxwood Casino. I don't know if you. I know. I'm sure everyone's heard of Foxwood yeah. Casino in Connecticut. And uh, I fought there. Yeah, and um, I had a stomach virus that weekend. So, uh-huh. dude, I mean, I'm like running back and forth to the bathroom, back and forth to the back, and back. I'm, I'm literally. And the thing about it is, in Connecticut, their their commission is strict. So, I mean, they uh-huh. took my, my urine. You know, every time I went to the bathroom, they had two commissioners with me, be outside of the toilet, making sure I'm not using any drugs or doing anything wrong. So, I'm, you know, I'm. I'm shitting my ass off, farting away in the bathroom with two commissioners outside listening to everything. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, think, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I hope this goes away because I could just think of me being outside fighting. I get punched or kicked in the stomach and I shit all over myself. I mean, that would, I, you know, that would be it for me. I would retire. I would probably disappear from the face of the planet. Something like that would happen. Wow. Well, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's the kind of questions that you get from Lexi and friends. David Madison, please see where. I want to say thank you very much, you guys, for tonight's show. I want to say thank you, okay, because it's late here and I want I need to head to bed. But I thank you so much for helping me heal and everybody who's going to hear this. Seven one four. Seven oh four. Yes. Seven one four. Thank you very much. I'm going to call you real quick. Okay. Oh. Okay. Am I in trouble? (laughs) No. <laughs> no, 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 no
something. Play uh, Rock and Roll with me. Yeah. Rock and Roll with me with Jamie Bowie. Oh. Don't mind you. Stay number for me. Thank you very much, you guys. You could be good. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Call back anytime. We're here most of the time. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. You too. All right. on. Rock on. What's this account? So can I help you? Yes, I've got something slightly unfortunate to report today. What is it, sir? Who do you want to speak to? I want the department that deals with parking tickets. Parking tickets. Do you have a pen there, sir? Yes, I have, and it's in my hand. Right. I'm going to give you a direct line number to ring. That's very nice. I suppose when I ring it, the other person at the end will tell me all about my parking ticket queries. Yes, sir. And on my windscreen, the fellas put a big sticker on. If you keep calm and let me give you the number. Thank you very much. You've really sorted me out. <laughs> Because I hope the man comes soon Because I've done my shopping And I had lots of frozen Fenders crispy pancakes In the back My Ford Capri is blue And there's nothing I can do Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.